0: All right, are you guys ready? What movie is this from? Oh my God, so sorry about that. Copy Dentum, seize the teeth. Oh yes, a spoon, how clever, how clever. Yes, okay, okay, okay. yes, I, I got it. Make a stuff. coming there from both sides. Yes, oh, yes, oh, thank you, there it is. Oh, just shake him off like a dog. Yes, I'll be right back. I just have to reattach my teeth to the teeth and uh, tell them to puree the salmon. I'm reviewing here. Hello, what up? What up? Yo, yo, yiggity, yo, you! Oh my God! I that is I've never saw that before. That's from the movie Juno. That that quote, the quote that I was quoting at the beginning of this podcast is from a very small movie called. <gasps> Mrs. Doubtfire. If you guessed it right, good for you. I'm I'm gonna I'll have my use some money. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode. If I'm reviewing here, my name is Matthew Bussey. I'm your host. I am watching and reviewing Sight and Sound's top greatest movies of all time, and I am out of it. I have not recorded an episode in a long time. When I say long time, I mean like a week, like a week and like two days, maybe. Oh my god. Well, a lot's happened. I have a new niece and nephew. Gorgeous babies, so friggity friggity gorgeous. And yeah, that's kind of just been like taking over my entire life right now. It's weird, man. Babies are so weird. I mean, you see them and it's like when you hold a newborn baby, something hits you like emotionally, like not like, well, maybe emotional is not the right word. Like I wasn't emotional. I just was like, this is so weird. Is this real life? What is that? That is a day old baby. Those are two day old babies, yeah, it's so weird. Going to the hospital also just freaked me out. I do not like hospitals. I mean, God bless everybody who works there, but they just scare me. It's nothing personal. They just scare me. I feel like every hospital is haunted, and I feel like every time I walk into a hospital, like a chains somebody with a chainsaw is going to chase me down. You know, the the hallway. Ugh, I don't know. They just they kind of freak me out. I don't know, but I hope you've all have. Uh, I hope you've all been doing very well. Um, pardon me if I am a little bit rusty today, Mrs. Doubtfire. That has nothing to do with today's episode. Today's movie is not a comedy, unfortunately. But Mrs. Doubtfire, I just quote that movie all the time. There are so many like little quick jokes in Mrs. Doubtfire that you miss, that are just so clever and like. Just just so funny, like like when they're at the dinner and Mrs. Doubtfire is like, I have to go take my medicine now. And Sally Field's like, what, well, we have water at the table. And Robin Williams just goes, I can't take it orally, dear. <laughs> it's just, what? It's so friggin' funny. What? What's the other quote? And the red one is far too short. I hope you waxed. Oh, God, I forgot. Oh, my God, that movie's amazing. That movie, that movie, is that movie not on this list? God damn it. God damn it. God damn it. Well, today's movie, friends. Um, I hate to say it's it's not a very happy one. I don't think there's any smiling at all. I don't think there's any laughter at all throughout this whole movie. It's it's a it's a movie for sure. It's an artsy, slow-moving World War II French movie. By a very accomplished uh, filmmaker who's no longer with us, who did a lot of other uh, popular movies. This was my first movie of his that I'd ever seen. But today, uh, I'm going to, before I get into the whole history of it, because the history is pretty fascinating, uh, I guess I should say the name of the movie. God, I'm Rusty. I'm really sorry. If you're new here, I don't usually act like this. I mean, that's not totally true, but it's kind of true. Today, I'm going to be reviewing Army of Shadows. Oh, that's intense. Great trailer, great music. Not my favorite movie. Uh, and I don't like saying that because I know it is well made deep down inside, but oh, this just was not for me. And you know what? Plain and simple, I was just kind of bored by it. Uh, uh Army of Shadows. So like I said, this is a French movie. It came out in 1969. It actually was not released in uh, This is crazy. It was not released in the United States until 2006. Who, oh, I know, kind of crazy. And when the movie came out, I actually um, was not super well received in France. Uh, I'll get into that later though, because you kind of have to know the historical context of what was happening in France at the time and in the movie. So like I said, this is a World War II movie that if you just heard from that trailer, you know, you you probably have a little inkling that this is a move. this is kind of like a spy thriller, kind of World War II-ish movie, you know, and it definitely is. There's no, when I say war, I don't mean there's like, you know, big battle sequences or, and b- blood and guts and anything like that. No, it's very much, um, oh God, who's that author? I forget the author's name. Jean Le, Car- Jean, Jean Le Carré, you know that author? Jean Le Carré, C-A-R-R-E, with an accent. It's kind of a little bit like that. I guess I shouldn't really compare it to that because I've only seen Two of his adaptations, and and I was also bored by them as well. Yeah, Army of Shadows. It just bored me. It bored me. Um, like I said, this is a very personal movie, which I really respected. So it's by a director named Jean Pierre Mervy. Now he's a pre- he was a he passed away in 1973, just a few years after this came out. But he was a very prolific director. He was mostly famous for he did a lot of thrillers. But I feel like they were kind of, like, from what I've read of them, they were a little bit more, like, old-fashioned, like, Hollywood kind of, you know? Army, like, he did a movie called uh, Le, uh, Le Samurai, the Samurai, which is pretty famous. He also did a movie called, uh, Le, uh, oh, my God, I can speak French. Why can't I speak it now, though? Le Cercle Rouge. That's the hard thing about French is the R's. The goddamn R's are just a killer, man. They're so hard. But uh, what was I saying? Yeah, so Army of Shadows. Um, this, I feel like, was his most personal movie because this is a movie about the French Resistance, La Résistance Française, which... World War II buffs, if you know this already, I'm sorry, I'm going to do my best to explain it. Um, if you don't know already, World War II, France basically... You know, uh, cap- uh, capitulated to the Nazis and a new French state was, was basically formed. It was called the Vichy France... Uh, the Vichy government, basically. They replaced the Republic. They were led by this guy named Marshal Philippe Pétain. And it was pretty bad. I mean, like, look, everything I've learned about World War II since I was a kid, they always, at least the people in my life, my people, but the people in my life, they have nothing against France whatsoever. But every time they would, sorry, there was a fly. Every time we would talk about World War II, they would just always say, oh, France... Uh Uh-oh, and I remember as a kid always asking, what would they do? And they they would say, oh, they just kind of, you know, they kind of, like, the government kind of paired up with Hitler, and, uh, yeah, we don't really talk about them. It's kind of true. Now, look, I'm not saying this is all of France. Of course not. This is the government that, you know, this Vichy government, which was really shady, and, yeah, screw them, basically. Uh, So, and obviously... I mean, French resistance, that's pretty self-explanatory. But when World War II broke out, of course, there were a ton of Jewish and non-Jewish uh, and, and and uh, you know, communists and everybody. All of Hitler's enemies in France, essentially, of course, there were a lot of them that were like, uh, this is awful. We're not okay with this. We're going to, you know, secretly go against the Axis powers and defeat Hitler's ass, you know? So there were a lot of them. I mean, you've probably heard of like the Warsaw Uprising. That was another very popular, uh, I mean, that was even more tragic because that actually uh, happened in a ghetto. And that was also set in Poland, not in France. But the French Resistance, pretty, I mean, you know, pretty easy thing to understand. These are people that were against the Nazis, vehemently against the Nazis. And... Jean-Pierre Melville actually was in the French resistance. Yeah. So he was born, uh, in Paris in 1917 to Alsatian Jewish parents. He, Oh my God, I had to burp. I'm so sorry. He joined, I haven't spoken this much like all day. It's kind of crazy. And also, uh, yeah, I'm I'm getting excited. I love World War II, if you don't know that already. So I'm really uh, excited to talk about this one. But yeah, he briefly uh, he he was briefly in the com- he, in the Communist Party, but he left that in the year 1939. Uh, his real name was actually not Jean Pierre Melvy. He was actually born Jean Pierre Grumbach. Uh, but he changed it to, he changed his last name to Melville once he joined the French resist, French resistance and his brother and sister also joined as well. Really sad though. His brother was actually killed in the resistance. And then Melville later joined, uh, the free French army, which essentially again, was just another part of people that were against the Nazis in France. I don't want to say the wrong thing or like use the wrong term basically, but you have to just know the free French army. Okay. they They were against Hitler. You know free france is is uh you know what they were they were essentially a political party and they were formed when the vichy government was uh established so army of shadows has a lot of that and you can tell that again like i said this was a very very um this movie while making it definitely must have hit close to home now it wasn't an original screenplay it is based on a book called uh but called army of shadows by this guy named joseph cassell Uh, or uh, Jeff was uh, his nickname. I don't really get why they called him that. He was a journalist as well. And uh, yeah, so, okay. What were my issues with Army of Shadows? I think Army of Shadows, all in all, is a movie with not really a central character. I mean, that's not really true. There's a central character, but you don't really feel for him. You don't really care for him. In my opinion, you don't really care for a lot of people in this movie. Um, I think that's kind of the point. I think what Mel v is really showing is, is kind of the brutal truth that, uh, you know, there weren't a lot of, I have to say it, there weren't a lot of, like, great people in the French Resistance. And when I say that, I mean, yeah, they were all in it for a good cause, but they were brutal. Uh, if you were in the French Resistance and you... Uh, secretly went to the Nazis and exposed a the secret, they killed you. The French resistance killed you. If they thought you were a spy, they tortured and killed you. Allegedly in this movie. That's what, you know, they're showing. So that's fine. I, you know, I understood that. I actually really like that too. I think that's what makes army of shadows, not your typical, uh, you know, World War Two spy, old fashioned uh, uh, movie, and you know this isn't an American movie as well. It's, it wasn't. It's not like it was released by like Universal Studios or anything like that. No, this was uh, just like a, a French movie, just a little small, pretty low budget French movie. There's not really a lot of action in it, but you know what? It makes you feel like you're definitely there uh, in that time. You know, the movie opens up on literally October twentieth, nineteen forty two. Uh, and it opens up with a very chilling scene. You see uh, a whole group of soldiers marching down right in front of the uh, Champ-Elysée. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Champ-Elysée. Um, I'm going there this summer. Oh, God, I, I cannot wait to go there again. What's funny, too, I read those actually weren't actors or soldiers, of course. They were actually dancers that Melville hired because he wanted them to get the march, like, exactly right. Like, you know, you know, like that. It's a chilling scene because, you know, that is just the opening shot of the movie and then, you know, it cuts to black and then the title of the movie comes up. And that's chilling. I love when movies do that. I love when movies really get you right. They show you the mood right away, whether you like it or not. I think Army of Shadows, the reason I had trouble with it was, like I said, a I I could not really sympathize or even, like, familiarize myself with any of the characters. And 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 number 2 the movie is basically just sequence after sequence of groups of people in the resistance talking about what to do next you know every scene in this movie is like a plan it's like okay get together what are we going to do okay that's it it just is scene after scene after scene and there's not really any action in the movie there, there's not there's not really like i don't really feel like there's a big huge story in this movie I mean there is but there isn't and I know I contradict myself a lot on this podcast so I do apologize but there is a story here I think it's a little complicated. I think there are, are a lot of characters and I think I would have liked the movie a lot more if it honed in on one or two characters, not like 10 of them like like you'll see in the movie. So I'm just gonna go ahead I'm gonna try and explain. I also say this look this is that type of movie where you cannot blink, or like turn your head to look the other way once because you may miss something important. You may miss a crucial shot, a crucial plot point. Um, I may have accidentally done that once or twice. Um, because when I was watching this movie, my dog was on the couch and she kept licking her cooter and I was like, what are you doing? Stop. And when I looked, there was like piss on the couch. So I freaked out and I had to pause the movie and, Oh, you know what? She just heard me say that and she just walked away. I'm sorry, Frankie. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that was kind of weird. You see, I, I am a dog whisperer. Dogs can't understand me. What was I saying? Yeah, you know that's an example though. This is one of those movies, and there's a lot of movies that you're going to see where you know again you're watching this on your TV screen. It's different from watching it in a movie when you're in a movie theater. When you're in a movie theater, your eyes are glued. You can't look anywhere else, unless you go up to go to the potty. But you know, anyway. All right, Army of Shadows. Here we go. I'm going to do my best to explain this. So the lead of this movie is pretty much like i said there there are a lot of characters but the main person is this guy named philippe gerbier uh gerbier i'm not going to call him that because that's really obnoxious he's played by an actor named uh lino ventura i didn't know any of the actors in this movie except for one who i'll get to but Jurbier, uh, he is the head of one of the cells of the French resistance. So cell, that means that there were just a lot of like, you know, subgroups of the resistance. It's like a group of friends, basically, you know, that get together. But they're really shady and they will kill you if you talk bad about them. <laughs> so uh, when the movie opens up, like I said, it is 19, October 1942. The Vichy front, uh, Vichy government is in control and Jurbier has been arrested because they think he is working for the resistance. Um, but they don't really have any evidence. So he is sent to an internment camp. So not, not the concentration camp, but an internment camp. So, I mean, it's still terrible, but when he gets there, it's, it's very different. I mean, it's all men and they're not all, he, he says briefly in, in voiceover, Gerbier, that, you know, there are Jews there and, and communists and everything, but there's other people. There are Russians there, there's Poles, there's Czechs, there's I love this. Anti-Franco Spaniards. So people who were against Francisco Franco. Anti-Mussolini Italians. And anti-Hitler, just Jews and anyone in particular, you know. Um, So they were all there. They all got sent to the internment camp because the French government was just like, well, we don't want to, you know, just go away. You don't belong here. You know, so they put them there. I mean, it's a little less harsh than a concentration camp. But again, it's a camp. It's, It's horrible. So when Xerbie gets there, though, you know, everyone, all the guys there are, like, grouchy and just want to get out, and, you know, they're all kind of just, like, used to it by now, and he meets this young communist guy, this young man, and, you know, it's kind of like a weird plot point, because, like, they, they make this big plan to escape, and then it just doesn't even happen, it kind of, their plans get thwarted, and and that that man, that young man, kind of just, like, disappears from the movie. I, I didn't even put his name down. I don't remember what his name was, to be honest. And it kind of just cuts to the next scene. So I was like, oh, oh, okay. Well, that didn't work out. All right. So in the next scene, Jurbier, uh, he gets taken out of the camp, and he goes to Paris. He goes into this... Um, it's at night and he goes into the Gestapo, one of the Gestapo's buildings. And while he's waiting to be, uh, you know, interrogated, he kills one of the Nazi guards. And it's a really brutal scene. He stabs him right in the throat. And this movie came out in 1969. And even I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And he escapes. And after that, you really don't know where the movie's going to go. I thought the movie was going to simply follow Gerbier, but a whole bunch of other characters come in. And this is when I... I personally just got very confused. So we cut to the next scene. We're now in Marseille, and there are other people in the resistance that we meet. So there is Felix. There is uh, this guy named Le Bisson, or the Buffalo, or the Bison. I don't know what the difference is between Buffalo and Bison. I've been meaning to Google that, but I keep forgetting. The Buffalo is, or the Bison, whatever you want to call them. I'll say Bison because that sounds cooler. Uh, and Le Masque, the Mask. You know, these are just like uh, what is it? Code names? Yeah. So he meets up with them and this is where things get really dark, you know, because they're all chatting. They find out that one of their members, this guy named uh, Paul Duna Paul Dunant, yeah, Paul Duna. Du, yeah, that's how you say it. Um, <laughs> you know how I know because in French, O U is OU and U is oo. I knew that because of my 11th grade French teacher, that she drummed that into our heads. O-U is O, U is O, and his name is D-O-U-N-A-T. So it's Duna. If it was D-U-N-A-T, it would be Duna. Okay. Oh my God. Shut up now. Um... I need to have some water. I had leftover mac and cheese for dinner, so I'm a little thirsty. Anyway, uh, this guy, Paul Dunall, we find out, betrayed them. He uh, actually betrayed, not them, I'm sorry. He betrayed Gerbier, and he's kind of the reason why Jurbier got sent to that internment camp to begin with. So they kidnap this guy, Paul, and they strangle him to death. Yeah, one of their own. He betrayed them, so they just kill him. Mercilessly. It's a really dark scene. It's a real, you know, that camera uh, sticks on Paul's face, and you see the life leave his eyes, and it really is a bone chilling moment. I kind of liked the movie up until then. I think afterwards, this is when I got lost because it, it focuses on a lot of the other characters, and I, I just I got confused. So Felix, we follow Felix was uh, very well acted, uh, not just the actor who played Felix, but everyone. Felix is played by this actor named uh, Paul Cauchet. Co- um, he goes and meets with uh, his old friend, it's so French, I love it, Jean-Francois Jardy. Uh, he meets up with him. He kind of later finds out that he's also, uh, he's a pilot as well, this guy, Jean-Francois. And he, uh, Felix later finds out um, that he's also secretly involved with the resistance. Uh, Felix later on um, gets uh, kidnapped by the Gestapo, because they find out that he is shady and against them. Duh. So there is a cool moment. You know, Gerbier finds out, and he is on this plane. in the middle of the night, and he parachutes out of this plane in the middle of the French countryside to go and, you know, rescue uh, Jean-Franc... Uh, I'm sorry, to go and rescue Félix. So... Another big character comes into play here, and her name is Mathilde. And she's played by a very famous French actress called uh, Simone Signoret. Uh, Signoret, she won Best Actress at the Oscars for a movie she did uh, called Room at the Top. I'd never seen it, but it was really cool when she won because, you know, she was a French actress. And, like, back in the day, you got to remember, at the Oscars, Best Actor and Best Actress winners, I mean, they were usually nine times out of ten Eight times out of ten, I'll say American, or they spoke. You know, English was their first language. For a French-born person to win, that was a big deal. It was the same. There was another actress named uh, Anna Anna Magnani. I think is how you say her last name. She won Best Actress for this movie. Forget the name. It was based off a Tennessee Williams play. She was Italian. So it was also a huge deal. Sophia Loren, when she won, also Italian, incredible uh, performance. Two women, highly recommend it. Anyway, Matilde is uh, this uh, older, really tough looking woman. Uh, she's a housewife and um, she's in the resistance. She is, uh, you know, working for Jurbier, we find out. He she was working in his cell for the resistance that is, and he likes her so much that he decides to keep her around, kind of like as his assistant. And um, they figure out a way to go and rescue Felix. Now, again, another moment that kind of confused me. Jean Francois, um, basically, hears about these what you know this plan that they're going to do to kidnap or to release. Uh, Rescue, Jesus, I cannot think of the right word. Rescue, they're thinking of a way to rescue him. And when Jean Francois hears this, he resigns from the French resistance and he writes this letter to Gerbier. And he does it intentionally. He sends this letter, you know, I'm sorry, I got, yeah, he writes a letter of resignation and then he sends a letter to the Gestapo so he can, you know, turn himself in and be jailed with Felix. What? I was confused by that. I didn't really get that. I think it's kind of another interesting thing about Army of Shadows and that the characters are very, very strange, you know? You kind of feel like, does Jean-Francois even want to be there? I guess he doesn't, you know? I guess he doesn't. I guess he doesn't want to be in the Resistance. I guess it's too dangerous and he would rather just, you know, die, basically, which is, you know, awful. So anyway, um, Mathilde, Lomasque and Le Bisson, the bison, I'm sorry, they disguise themselves as Germans, they go to the Gestapo, uh, the, the prison, you know, the, where uh, Jean-Francois and Felix are being held, and they've been beat up like crazy, and I'm sorry, but the makeup is atrocious in this movie, um, you know. They make them look completely blind, but it just looks like they've roped poison oak on their eyes. Like, literally. I don't know if you saw that episode of Malcolm in the, Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle, where Frankie Muniz does that, but I was getting some similar throwback, you know, vibes to that. But um, Anyway, they go to rescue them, but they uh, can't get in. Uh, the doctor, uh, the prison doctor, says that, you know, Felix is... is doesn't have much longer to live, so there's no point in them taking him. And they uh, just leave, basically. Jean-Francois, he is, you know, kind of like spying from his cell and he sees that they're leaving and he takes out a cyanide pill and he sees Felix on the floor, like just dying. Felix is older, you got to remember, and horribly beat up. Um, And he gives him a cyanide pill. And that's it. You don't really see them. There's a really bone-chilling line in this movie early on where they one of the characters says, always carry cyanide pills. If you're caught, use them. Oh, wow. And that's what it was like. I mean, really, it was. Dude, if the Nazis were onto you, kill yourself. Like, that's what it was like. That was the mantra back then. That was the whole... That was what you were basically told to believe. It's just awful. It's really, really awful. So I should mention, too, that Mathilde, when she's at the... Prison. She she know she sees a picture that Gerbier is uh, wanted, and you know she lets him know that. We cut to the next scene, and Gerbier gets kidnapped by the Vichy police, and he is taken with all these other prisoners. And there, it's a pretty cool scene, I will admit, but ridiculous. I'll tell you why. They take them to this like like uh, underground like cell or whatever, and it, it's like a big tunnel, and they basically the the um. French, the gov- you know, the, the soldiers basically tell the prisoners, okay, we're going to shoot, and there's all these machine gunners in the back. They said, we're going to shoot at you, but you guys just have to run as fast as you can. It's terrible because that's literally like Nazi behavior right there, you know? And, yeah, it's like, no wonder people hated the Vichy government so much. It's, it's just, yeah, so Gerbier is running, and he's running and running and running, and, you know, the, the soldiers are shooting right at him, and, of course, he does not get hit at all, which, you know, i rolled my eyes at. And then all of a sudden, these smoke bombs appear out of nowhere, and uh, other people in the resistance, you know, they found out where he was, and they, they rescue him, and he goes up, he gets out of the tunnel, and he um, goes and basically hides out at this farmhouse for a little bit by himself. And he is just so depressed. And, yeah, again, no one's happy in this movie. He soon finds out um, Luke arrives. Luke is this other guy uh, involved in the Resistance. Did I even talk about Luke? I may have not. I'm sorry. Again, yeah, no, I don't think I talked about Luke. Luke is another dude in the Resistance. Luke arrives. He tells uh, Gervais that Mathilde has been arrested. Um, and he's worried because she has a daughter and he's worried that the Gestapo is basically going to for- threaten her daughter to get her to, you know, speak and tell them, you know, where the French resistance people are hiding. So Gurbier is uh, freaking out. Um, eventually, though, Le Bisson and Le Masque arrive a little later and they say, great news, Matilda is free. She was let like, go. Bad news, though, is that a few other members of the resistance have been captured. And Jurbier does not do the typical—he does not react the way I thought he would. I thought you, as as a viewer, you'd think, oh my god, well, that that's great about Mathilde, but that's really sad about the Resistance. But at least Mathilde's free. No, Jurbier has the polar opposite reaction. You know what Jurbier says? That's really shitty. We have to go and kill Matilda now because she's, you know— uh, What's the word? Like, liability? Is that the right word? Am I using that correctly? Yeah, that's what he says. He just basically says, she was released. That means that our lives are in danger now, because we don't know if she told the Gestapo about us. She has to die. Now, Le Bisson, um, is straight off the bat, like, no, we're not going to kill her. She's one of our own. What are you talking about? But then, he kind of gets coerced by Gerbier and uh, Luke as well that she should be executed. And they basically say, you know, look, if Matilda was here, she would say the same thing. She would say, yes, you're right, kill me. <laughs> so in the, in the last scene of the movie, they go to Paris. They're all hiding in this car. And they see Mathilde And L'Obisson gets out his gun and he shoots her. And she dies on the street. They drive away. And then, you know, we get these end credits uh, that basically say that all of the men died. They all were eventually captured themselves and died killed. Yeah. The end. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. It's a lot. It's definitely a lot. Um, I get a lot of Munich vibes when I watch this movie. Munich is a Steven Spielberg movie that came out in 2005 and it's, it's very similar. I I like Munich a lot more. I think Munich held my attention, uh, held my attention a lot, lot more. I think Army of Shadows, you know, it's a well-made movie. And like I said, this, uh, over the years has really, um, when, when it was released way back in 2006, you know, a lot of film critics were like, damn, this actually is an underrated classic movie. Uh, but I don't know. It's kind of a movie. I think I've, this has happened a lot to lots of some movies that I've, I've seen on, on site and sounds list. I wish there was a little bit more style, you know, style. I want some style. I don't just want long conversations of characters an endless dialogue. I want to see some cool music and some really cool cinematography and some—I don't know, just just some something else. It needs to be a little edgier, you know. And this movie, *Army of Shadows*, does not really have that. It doesn't. Um, now, I do want to talk about because the interesting thing about this movie is that it was not, like I said, it was not well received in France. Why? Well, let me give you a really quick history. There is a big event in France called May 1968. Uh, It basically, and it's kind of scary because it's like happening like all the time, not just in France, but like in the U.S. I mean, just 2020, like I was getting like 2020 vibes when I, not even 2020, 2016 to 2020 vibes I was getting when I read about this. Uh, May 1968 was basically just a lot of weeks of protests by students in Paris. And it eventually led to 10 million workers. It was just a whole lot of riots. A lot of these students were rebelling against the government. Uh, in, in particular, you no know, Charles de Gaulle, they did not like him. They thought that the government was becoming autocratic, and they protested. They just wanted reform, and they, you know beat up their city so much that the protesters did, you know? So that's why I say it's very, uh, it's kind of chilling reading about that because, you know, like so much of that has been happening all these years later with people and, and, you know, people expressing their anger against their government. But Army of Shadows was released a year after, uh, you know, uh, the events of May 1968. And people didn't like it. They felt like the movie portrayed Charles de Gaulle In a good light. And you know, a lot of people, a lot of uh, French, did not like him at this time. I don't really see how the movie portrays him in a good light, though. Because it's like, was Charles de Gaulle a big fan of the French resistance? Because if he was, I mean, that's good. But, you know, as this movie proves, like, there were nasty people in the resistance, you know? I think that was kind of interesting that really made me think a little bit um, and I think it is just that is that is the fascinating thing about reading you know behind the scenes of movies I never would have known that about this I never ever ever would have known that ever I think what was also interesting that's just kind of like a like a non sequitur but Lino Ventura the actor who plays your he and uh, Mel V the director they never spoke to one another they never did It was all through assistance. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I could not find out why. Maybe they just didn't get along. I don't know what happens in movies. Charlize Mm -hmm. Theron and Tom Hardy didn't get along in Mad Max Fury Road. Do we know why? No, we don't really know. Maybe people just don't get along. Not a big deal. But, you know, Army of Shadows, though, look, it wasn't for me, but it has maintained its legacy all these years later. Do I recommend it? (sighs) I'm going to say no. But again, you don't have to listen to me. I think if you really like World War II and French history and World War II, then I I do think you'll like this movie if you're into very slow-moving movies with just a lot of dialogue and a lot of characters and a lot of heaviness in general. But I will look I the good thing about Army of Shadows though, it's not your ordinary war movie. You know, I think this is why, you know, Munich as well, going back to that movie, I think why these movies are so good is that they don't really portray the quote unquote heroes in the best light. No. Because you gotta remember, these people were living in hell. And when your life is on the line all the time, you're gonna do some nasty things probably. God forbid I hope I never, ever, ever, you know, I'm a political person. I hope I never like kill someone if I think that I disagree if I think they disagree with me. <laughs> but I would never do that. What is the moral of Army of Shadows? Oh my God, if you're ever join, if you ever against your government, just be careful who you get involved with because they can be very dangerous and guns are bad. And if you disagree with people, please don't kill them. Just please don't, no matter how bad and dire the situation is. Just be very careful with that. But you know, it's okay to be against the government. And like I said, do I recommend this movie? I, I don't, I don't. I think there are better movies on this list, but... That's up to you. You know, we'll leave it up to you, really. I will leave it up to you, and we shall see what happens. So Army of Shadows, where can you watch this movie? Uh, it's not available to stream anywhere for free. I'm sorry. You can rent it anywhere, though. I rented it on Apple TV for like $3.99, and I am very glad that I watched it. I don't know if there are any other uh, Jean-Pierre Melville movies on this list, but I am curious to see them. And Yeah. I think I covered everything. Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode. This was really good. Apologies. I know I am a little rusty, but look at that. I'm already over 30 minutes, so I guess I did do a good job. <laughs> I did not catch that damn fly in here. God damn it. Thank you guys for tuning into another episode of I'm Reviewing Here. New episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, we have a really good batch of movies this week. One of them is like a big, huge, classic no, is it a classic? It is a classic in my point of view. I am calling it a classic, and it's kind of like a newish classic. It's a 13-year-old classic, and I am obsessed with it. Yes, new episodes, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, uh, most of the time, unless I can't find a movie. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave, please leave a review, a positive one if you'd like, but if you do hate me, it's okay. If you If you want me to stop cursing or whatever, I don't care. Just... Uh, do it. You know, do whatever you want. I really hope you're, you subscribe and I hope that you like this podcast. It's a lot of fun. You can also follow me on Instagram at I'm Reviewing Here. You can also follow me personally at Mabussy. It's not funny. It's my last name. I'm not making a joke there. You can also subscribe to I'm Reviewing Here on YouTube. New episodes uh, premiere the same day as they do on the podcast. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>